No, wait, do reptiles have sex? I'm just saying, I wouldn't be happy eating a depressed chicken. She does not become pregnant with egg. This is a Standard Nerds podcast. How'd you like me now? Hello and welcome to How Do You Like Me Now, the podcast where we go back and relive the golden years of kids' TV. I'm Will, with me as always is Liz. Hello Liz. Talk to the hand, because the face ain't listening. Burn. Savage. Sick 90s burn for you. (laughs) It is a sick 90s burn. Have that. (laughs) I'm going to go away and draw one of those weird angular S's on my exercise book now. Yes, you should. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. Go and cry into my bucket hat. Liz... (laughs) Did you have a bucket hat? I didn't have a bucket hat. Yeah, I never you did. had. Oh, I didn't have a bucket you hat. You look the type. I couldn't pull off a bucket hat. I had a baseball cap, but I didn't have a bucket hat. Did you wear it backwards? I may have worn it backwards at least once in my life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. You had to. I, I once, just to be daft, I did wear it to the side. Ooh. But that was just to elicit a laugh amongst people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah an, an ironic side wearing. Absolutely. That's it. It's the only acceptable side wearing of a baseball cap. I didn't, anyway. I didn't say acceptable. Okay. <laughs> Liz, this week, my pick. Okay. Now, oh. people will know, long, <laughs> yeah. long-term listeners will know, I have a habit of picking things that you hate. Right. I know you're going to hate. I'm going to change the format slightly this week. I'm going to pick something that I'm fairly sure I hate. Okay. Now, why would you do that to yourself? Because I think it'll be good, and I think people will get a kick out of it. Okay. We're going to be watching... It's an American show. Uh-huh. It's uh, one of, a lot of people, I think, will remember. It's... Dinosaurs. Oh no! <laughs> did you hate dinosaurs? Yeah, I didn't really like it. I hated dinosaurs, <laughs> and I always thought I was weird because everybody watched it. Yeah, everyone watched it. I don't think anyone liked it. This is basically, it's Roseanne. Yeah. But they're dinosaurs. <laughs> That's right, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm just imagining the dad is like John Goodman. Yep. And then the baby. The baby. The baby is the worst thing. A horrific, right? In in all of in all of television creation, right? Yes. The baby from Dinosaurs is the worst character ever created. Do you know what I've just realised though? We like that that baby that we saw on that TV show is like is like the evil twin version of our favourite baby. Do you remember Fat Baby? Oh, Fat Baby. We we once met a fat baby <laughs> at a wedding and we really liked it. So we met a fat baby. It's not like we were sat next to him, we struck up a conversation. It had found parents. Found he worked in, worked in publishing. It had parents. We were unconcerned with them because this baby was so fat. It was an absolute unit. We loved it. It was huge. It was the fattest baby, and it, and it was hilarious. It had judgy eyes. It did. It, it did. stared at you as if, "Are you going to eat my food? Because I will, I will, I will fuck you up." <laughs> that baby. That's what those babies' eyes said. And that baby was like the cute version of the, of this. This is the scary version. Yeah, it's like that. that <laughs> this this the dinosaur's baby is the antichrist. Yes. And fat baby we ca- came to save Christ our souls. Of babies. <laughs> he came to save to save us all. <laughs> save us from the dinosaur baby. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
That that is yes. that is one hundred percent accurate. That's one hundred percent accurate. When you're going into so, I really thought when you were saying the baby from you know from dinosaurs, I really thought you were going to do like a clickbait article, like you'll never believe what he looks like now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, when we come back, I'll tell you what I think he looks like now. Okay. <laughs> okay all right. Well, we're going to go away and watch some dinosaurs, and we will report back. Duncan, I'm blind. And we're back. So, Liz. Dinosaurs. Why was this so horrible? <laughs> I don't know, but this was insanely popular. Was like, it? Like one things I didn't, I didn't really like it, and I found the baby incredibly irritating. Yes, but that some, is undeniable. Undeniable, right? It has the horrible catchphrases. Yeah, like "Gotta love me." Any anything that says "Gotta love me" as a catchphrase, no, no, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> right? But genuinely, I did some research and found that, like, the guy who created the show basically was given, like, complete autonomy to do it. A network just were hands off, like, do what you want because it was so massively popular. Right? Even to the point at which the, the baby was mm. the thing that made it crazy popular. And he said, um, like, you know, as long as we had the baby hitting Earl in the head with a frying pan every episode, people didn't mind whatever else we did. I find it incredible that this was popular because I was thinking maybe that this was just a kind of brain fart that, you know, that the Henson Company, because it is Henson Company, it is, yeah. and Disney had put a load of money into this thing and it had been terrible, but because it had all of that backing, everyone just watched it and we all just collectively went, well, it must be good because it's on, I keep hearing about it, everyone's watching it, I've just got to keep watching it because I have no choice in this. And it honestly feels to me like that's what we all did. We all just sat there going, what's on? This, okay, I accept that, I don't enjoy it. But what else am I going to do, go outside? Yeah, I'm not going to do that, that's crazy, that's crazy talk. Because it's so horrid. It, It is so, like, every... Character is horrible. <laughs> every like, uh, appearance of every character is horrible. Every plotline, horrible. <laughs> Just there's no joy in this for thing, me. This was, and the thing is, another like it, yeah. To me, it seems shocking that this was as popular as it was, but. It also bear in mind because those dinosaur heads—they're like fully animatronic. Oh yeah. Right? It was hugely expensive to make, like massively expensive. They're very elaborate. Yeah. The I hadn't remembered that actually because in some ways they're still bad. Yeah, because like, they're quite rubber faced and. Well, you... if you take let's just take Earl. Yeah. He's the dad. He is the dad. And he has um, quite a round face, big chin, mm-hmm. and obviously a lot of work has gone into creating this face because he's um, like not eyebrows. I don't know his. Ridge. His his brow ridge moves around each brow independently, like, you know, to give expression. Mm -hmm. There's obviously a lot going on in that face. But then he tries to open his mouth, and he can only open it about an inch. And inside, again, there's elaborate, you know, tooth and tongue work going on. tongue moves. But he can only open it slightly. And it's fixed in this position of kind of like... Well, I mean, he's animatronic. He's still a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, well, they've gone for that dinosaur look in that, and and it just—it's horrible. <laughs> like, there's a scene in the first episode where he's about to eat something. He kind of holds it towards his mouth. The mouth doesn't open much, but it's just like, 
I felt, I felt so a, creeped that's out. That's a weird noise. Stop doing that noise. Okay, I will. <laughs> Please, for the benefit of the listeners. And I, yeah, some ways I think the dinosaur, uh, I was going to say costumes, but puppets, whatever, mm-hmm. look great. Like Earl has got a very large sort of dinosaur body, the big back legs. Yeah. And this large sort of belly hanging down, and he walks along with his tail that kind of just sways with it. So there's a lot going on in that body. Oh, I, I find it incredible. There's a bit in the first episode, mm. and we'll get into it properly, where he sits down and lays down. Yeah. And like, you know, that is um, incredible to me. Like, as someone who's built puppets, has worked with puppets, has used puppets a lot, to actually get something that can, you know, that you can wear, yes. that is that size, that you can lie. I mean, we've seen like dragons on Through the Dragon's Eye. That oh. dragon needs help to step onto a log six <laughs> inches higher than the ground. And right? a, lo- a lot of the time you will see like a puppet will be used for maybe like the face shots like Mm. all that animatronic stuff would be in the face and then for long shots it would be a different one yeah or you know you'd you'd switch between those things whereas i think all of this is going on in the same suit yeah and it is kind of amazing but at the same time i just don't like him I don't like him, and I don't like... His wife is called Frances, or Fran. Fran, yeah. And she's horrible. (laughs) I don't think we've seen her best in the two episodes we've watched. She's just a nagging wife. I mean, the kind of dynamics of their family... Mm. This is obviously the 90s, I guess. I can't remember what year. Yeah, this is 91 this started. 91, okay. I guess it looks so good in terms of puppetry and stuff. Maybe I thought it was a bit later. Yeah. The, the dynamics of them could be from the 60s. Yeah. Because he's coming home, he's like, I'm the head of the household, and I'm the breadwinner, and everybody's trying to get my paycheck. And the first, one of the first things he says to Fran is, why is my dinner not on the table? And I was like, wow, were we really still going with that in the 90s? I mean... Apparently we were. Yeah, I mean, granted they have set it in 60 million BC. Yeah, I get so, that. So, you know, that that, I mean, but even so... I say, so you're going to quibble with no, me? No, you're going to say it's ahead of its time no, no. because because it's actually sixty million years <laughs> BC. Not at all. There's, the thing is, I've I've read online like comparisons of this to basically to the Flintstones, mm. but like stuff like that really feels like the Flintstones in that it's you know, yeah, set in absolutely. the fifties and Fred and Wilma and that kind it of thing. It feels like a kind of fifties sitcom mm. with. Yeah, Fred and Wilma, or it's like, I love Lucy, or like, you know, one of those, like, very domesticated 50s sitcom where it's in the house, you have your core family, and the guy goes out to work, the mum's a housewife, and then the kids have their little things going on, you know, it's very, very formulaic, and nothing steps out of bounds in terms of the family. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's 19... 90 and it's obvious that that it this 60 million years bc mm. is not meant to be 1950 no it's meant to be the 90s yeah and the thing is from the looks of them I, from the clothes they wear yeah yeah absolutely i mean you've got the son in like the red varsity jacket and like the daughter's wearing maybe it is meant to be the 50s I don't know. I, don't, I honestly don't know because yeah, because you could have a varsity jacket in the fifties. Yeah. that was a look they were doing then. Yeah, and the mum. I've always wondered why she was so dowdy. And she's wearing the fluffy slippers all the time. And she's got the knitted jumpers. Yeah, it's odd, isn't it? Have they tried to do it timeless? I don't know because it feels like 
you know, this this would be so much better if it had a kind of vibe between Earl and Fran that's like Peggy and Ted from Married with Children. Yeah. You know, that kind of like that kind of slightly combative vibe would work so much better as dinosaurs. Yeah, if she had any kind of anything about her. Yeah. She is really just the little woman and so when he says why is my dinner not on the table, she says if you love me, you'll buy me these pots and pans that I want. And it's like, oh, really? That's mm, going to be... Mm-hmm. And then in the the second episode we watch, she's kind of just a nag. She's just like, oh, you know, why is there, why is there no food? Can you get things done? It, she really has... Oh, she is a missed opportunity. Yeah. I mean, even, you know, even if it is like a Flintstones kind of parallel... You know, there's not. You need more Wilma in there. She's meant to be Wilma or Betty. Yeah. You, they've got more sass about them. They've got more sort of you know gumption about them. Well, I think they do. I think they do. And I just, it feels with her, they didn't really have anything. Yeah. You know, I, I guess that's why people gravitate towards the baby, because the baby, I find, just on a cellular level, I am disturbed by it, but. I guess at least it has something. Well, that that's uh, that a, baby. You you remember? Yeah, the thing that you do because the baby is the only one that's got catchphrases that has that kind of slapstick attempt at yeah. it with hitting the dab of the pan, biting him, and obviously it's a baby-like thing to do to bite parents and to you know. But hit not things. so much hitting with a pan. Yeah, not so much hitting with a pan. That's you know that's just a. That's just a crazy thing they stick in there. But it does feel like, even like all the other characters, like Fran especially, but even Earl and Robbie and Charlene, the kids, you know, they're all dialed down a bit because the baby is... And it feels like they tested it and people went, we really like the baby. And they went, okay, turn up the baby. Give them more baby. Give them more baby. Put all the focus on the baby, less focus on everyone else. Yeah. So the first episode, we watched the first ever episode. Yes. And it's kind of a flashback. Yeah, it's of... called the Mighty Megalosaurus because Earl is a Megalosaurus. Is he? Yes, he is. That's Earl. I, I, I guess we better get into some dinosaur discussion. <laughs> okay. Because what seems to have happened is that this is a family where Earl, yes. the Megalosaurus, has sex with Fran. Yes. Or, no, wait, do reptiles have sex? <laughs> or is it is it just like <laughs> rubbing? I don't know. <laughs> I'm laughing, but I honestly don't know. <laughs> it's, I think it's always sex. You always say sex. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, Fran, do we know what type she is? She is not a megalosaurus. I can tell you that much. Okay. I can't remember exact type she is. And then what the, I will say is that other than the baby, none of them are the same dinosaur. No, exactly. <laughs> so the kids all come out as different dinosaurs. Yep. Which is weird, I guess. Yeah. No, uh, Fran's an allosaurus. She's an it. allosaurus. Yeah, she's an uh, allosaurus. And I have to be honest, the kids... I think I like the look of them better. Yeah. They're more, I guess, personified. They're slightly slimmed down from the size of Earl. Yes. So they're slightly more human and they can move around a bit more. I mean, I really like Charlene. Okay. We didn't see enough of Charlene. We didn't see much of her in these episodes, but the look of her, I think, is really good Mm. because... She has these big earrings, and I guess this is why it feels to me like it's the 90s or whatever. She's got, I'm sure she's got stonewashed denim at some point. Yeah. So she's got these big earrings, and then her her head is a kind of ridged thing, 
which suggests a haircut. Yes, you know? yes. It's a well, well-chosen well dinosaur. Exactly. It, yeah, it has something about it that, that gives you... And she's quite colourful. She has mm. a, a sort of blue um like a yeah uh, bluish kind of tint to her. Yeah, yeah yeah she has she has more color on her so she looks like a colorful teenage girl who's done something to you know sort of spike her hair or whatever or braid it maybe so she has a look mm-hmm. whereas I don't know. The, the, the thing with Earl is he's just horrible. Just a horrible. <laughs> well, he's got big... that kind of like bony ridge on top of his head. And... Well, yeah, and I think oh, I was looking at it, and the kind of he has a, a a green on top, and then he has a a paler on his chin, almost to suggest like a shaved, like a Homer Simpson. Aesthetically, yeah, these dinosaurs are at varying degrees of of, of like satisfying, right? How do you the, feel about Robbie? I feel like Robbie, again, like the choice to go for the dinosaur that has spikes is, yeah. you know, whether that dinosaur actually had spikes or not, I don't know, is like a good choice because it's that thing again of slightly rebellious kid. Yeah. You know, he's he's got enough of a look close to his dad that you can say, ah, that's a you know, father and son kind of thing, but he is different. He's got the spikes and everything else. But the spikes are almost like a mohawk. Yes, they are. And the, the, the varsity jacket doesn't say you know, punk to me. Yeah, that's because it's very difficult to, to show a preppy haircut on a I, dinosaur. That's it. I think he's preppy. Yeah. It's yeah. hard to show a preppy haircut on a dinosaur. They're very difficult. Well, that is a challenge, yeah. And it's one that they haven't met. <laughs> that's, so that's the family. Yes. And I hate them all, really. <laughs> Basically, this first episode... Earl talking to the baby. Earl talking to the baby, telling him a story about, you know, oh, in the past, dinosaurs didn't get married and live in houses together. And, you know, I, one one time before you were born, baby, thought I wanted to go back to that. And it's basically Earl comes home, he's got his paycheck, everyone wants something from him, but he wants to buy a 90-inch TV. Yeah, so he wants a 90-inch TV. Mm-hmm. Charlene wants a sweater. Yes, which is not an unreasonable request. I don't know. If it's if it's a sweater that costs as much as a 90-inch TV, then it maybe is it is yeah, unreasonable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we know Fran wants her pots and pans. But she wants her pots and pans which have got lids to keep the live food in. Yeah, to that's To stop them getting out. Basically, disturbing. what she wants is a cage. Yes. That <laughs> she can cook in. We'll come back to that. Not nice. <laughs> not not great. And Robbie, I can't remember if he wants I anything. I don't think Robbie does want no, anything. he doesn't want it. But Earl considers moving out to the forest. Now, this fascinates me, right? Mm-hmm. Because we've got dinosaurs... Yep. In a house, in that kind of Flintstones way, yep. that they have all the things that you would have in a 90s house, except they look a bit like stone mm-hmm. or whatever. But he's saying, oh, the old dinosaurs used to live outside in the woods. So now, presumably, he's talking about dinosaurs in our world that we know of that lived at, as animals, right? Yeah. So that that's like me saying... I'm going to go and become a cave woman because my kids asked me for a sweater. <laughs> it is or a hermit. I think I think again and there's a thing I think it's in one of it's in there's bits and pieces in the Flintstones where I think Barney talks about this and it's like his grandfather was like, you know, the first was an ape, you know, it was like a gorilla <laughs> or something, right? He talks about that like like in the Flintstones like evolution being that kind of shrunk shrunk down right. to ape to Barney Rubble in like two generations. So I think it's that kind of thing of like when he's talking about like his ancestors, like oh it could be saying, you know, like yeah, my grandfather just rolled wallowed around in that swamp and then I found a house. You know, that kind of thing. I right. think it could be that close. 
It's very odd it to me. It is very me. odd. Before he goes to the forest, we've missed a very important bit and a very important character I wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah. He I goes, think I know who it is. He goes off to work yes. and meets up with his best friend, Roy, who's a Tyrannosaurus. Roy is a recurring character in this. Roy, I actually remember. Right. I really like Roy. Yeah, Roy's cool. He's kind of like ginger-coloured yeah. and he's got a longer snout. He, he does look... In the, the T-Rex genre, I think he looks a bit like the... Toy Story T-Rex. Yes, he's Not got green, the little arms. Not green, obviously, but he's got... Obviously, he's got the arms, but he's, the snout with the close-together eyes, I think he's, he's got that kind of look. Yeah. And he's got a very comical voice. I don't know if I know that actor. It sounds familiar. But I always liked him. Hmm. I think because there's this kind of frenetic energy and constant, uh, you know, like, carping at each other in that, that core family. Yeah. That I just hated. <laughs> and... So when he went to go and see his friend and they just have a chat, I was like, oh, okay, I can chill out now. Yeah. I think I think that's the thing. The family dynamic, to me, is just that they all hate each other. <laughs> you know, that this, this wife is locked in a loveless marriage. <laughs> she She's chained to her, her housework all day, miserable. And then he comes home and demands his dinner. And when it isn't there, he won't buy her any pots and pans so that she can actually make it successfully. He hates his job. He hates his kids. The kids hate him. They are always complaining about something. To me, it's just a family of misery. <laughs> and then they throw this baby into the mix. And the baby, I don't even <laughs> want to get started on. The baby used to frighten me. See, the baby used to frighten me. I feel like the baby, for a lot of people, would be a frightening thing. I think The baby is the, the, the deal breaker. Yeah. It's the make it or break it. Because if, if you're into the baby, you can get into the whole show. Oh, God, yeah. If you're into the baby, you'll love this show. Right. Yeah. If you don't like the baby, nah, it's, it's a tough sell. It. It's a tough sell because there's nothing else. It's horrid. They hate each other. This family. <laughs> I think there are families that people would relate to this, mm. but there just needs to be a little bit more love there, because that's the thing with something like you know, like the old sitcoms and whatever is. You would have oh, you know, arguing about have you done the chores and who's getting the money and whatever. But it would always come back to this core of they really, really love each other. And so whatever your family was like, whether you related to all the arguments or whatever, you saw that love and you're like, oh, that's nice. You know, I like that kind of, that undercurrent of we really, really love each other. However much we're arguing, it doesn't matter. It's all going to come together at the end. I don't see that with these guys. (laughs) I think they genuinely hate each other. But anyway, you were... Vicious predators, Liz. Vicious predators. (laughs) It's a family of vicious predators. I just just don't see it working. I just don't see (laughs) it working out. No, 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 no. Oh, my God. But you you were talking about Roy at work. Yes. Who, I bet he loves his wife. Oh, I bet he does. I don't know if we ever meet her. But maybe he hasn't even got a wife. Maybe not. Imagine if he had... He lived with another T-Rex. He's like a a gay (laughs) T-Rex. They're just so happy... I mean, he could be. There is. A, They're a, making jam, and <laughs> I don't know. Just living a really peaceful T Rex life. <laughs> you, know, you know, in Jurassic Park, right? Right. Where that like nature finds a way. Yes. I genuinely thought that was why everybody at my girls' school went a bit lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> because of Jurassic Park. Because we'd been kept away from boys, so I was like, nature finds a way. That's what's happening here. It's honestly how I justified it to myself for a long time. It's like, like... <laughs> I mean, 
later on I've realised that, you know, uh, that your teenage years are years of sexual experimentation and that actually a lot of, you know, women that were... That the ends up they are gay or bisexual are just using those years to to find that identity and and to explore it and that it was totally normal and it was just you know all the kind of screwed up like world that socialised me to believe that nearly everybody was straight and that isn't actually yeah true uh, and now I realise that but at the time I was like it's Jurassic Park it's happening here <laughs> Jeff Goldblum was right. <laughs> <laughs> Why won't we warn? <laughs> Amazing. Can Amazing. I... So anyway, Earl goes to see his boss, encouraged by Roy to ask for a pay rise, because he's been there twenty years, and Roy says, you know, you've given you've given this place the best years of your life. Mm. And so Earl goes in to see his boss, and his boss I feel like is the one character in this. The people who remember it remember this character well love it fondly remember this character bp richfield what a great name amazing this is the thing i was going to say of all he's called bp like again the thing around research loads of the character surnames or names in this are after oil companies are they yes oh. <laughs> there's other characters called shell there's other characters called like texaco so <laughs> like sinclair is an oil company because oil because oil and petroleum. We sort of say is made of dinosaurs. Yeah. That's kind of creepy, isn't it? It is kind of creepy when you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> so like... That's kind of a popular thing to say, that oil is like dinosaur juice yeah. or whatever. Yeah, because that's like, I could believe you could accidentally like pick a name that Oh, you put Shell goes... in by accident. Yeah, yeah, put Shell in by accident. That's a natural thing But BP thing and do. Texaco, that's not, that's not by accident. <laughs> yeah, this character, you, well, you say people that remember, remember it. Yeah. This is why I love doing this podcast, mm-hmm. is because... There are memories that I don't know I have until it's right there in front of me and I go, oh, yeah, the great big guy and his office is like he's bursting out. He's got this tiny trailer, which he absolutely fills to the point where his uh, horns are breaking through the ceiling. Because he's a triceratops. I was going to say, he's he's a triceratops, but he isn't accurate, is he? Because he's like... Because he sat behind a desk with braces and a shirt. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, all right. Yes. Yeah, 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 you got me. No, but I mean, he's got so many horns. He didn't have that many. He's got well, like... they've got like that big sort of spikes. Layers and layers like, yeah, of Yeah, they've horns. got like that, that sort of head that's like a big sort of fan and there's bony spikes on the Loads edge. Loads of... But, yeah, anyway. So he's got all that like bursting out the trailer. And yeah, he's very mobile, um, his head, mm. but within a very small confine. And yeah, he's always shouting and he's the, the terrifying boss. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. That character. But yeah, he's so... He's he's really good. Oh, he's brilliant because he he's a caricature, and it feels like all of these these characters need to be caricatures more. Mm. Like he he really is, but yeah, it feels like the rest of the family aren't. They're too grounded, and they're dinosaurs. There needs to be a little bit more of the sense of the ridiculous about them. Uh, well, you say they're too grounded, and I know what you mean because the the, the core family is just like it could be bigger. Yeah, it, everything yeah. could be bigger, but at the same time. They're not real people. They're all real dinosaurs. <laughs> they are. They are like they're memories of a stereotype. Mm. You know, they're those nineteen fifties stereotype families that we've watched in sitcoms that have kind of bled through into the consciousness, and then they're just like a little bit of like the shape of that. Yeah. You know, that's all they are. There's nothing more to them. There's no layer to them. No. 
it's it's almost like they went well them being dinosaurs that'll be enough yeah yeah we don't, don't want to overcomplicate don't yeah. give dinosaurs and another don't thing don't do any more than that <laughs> they're dinosaurs why would you need more and it turns out I do yeah yeah you need a bit more so all of this is basically so what, what have we even talked about what happened to the story we've just complained about the dinosaurs we've just complained about the dinosaurs okay, we've so, barely talked about so, what to this story so this episode is Earl telling the baby the story of how he came about so he the, the dad Earl is miserable goes out he, he ends up getting the sack he gets fired yeah he asks for a raise gets, well he gets tricked into saying that he quits yeah uh, and then he he decide, he goes home and he says a great line to Francis and says, Francis, nothing that happens in your little day will affect anything in my life. I'm like, Jesus, Earl, what a thing to say to your wife. Not, I'm really sorry, I've had a rough day. I can't talk to you right now. Yeah. Or, Do you mind if I vent for a minute and then we can talk about you? Nothing that happens in... I mean, why is she sticking around with him? I don't know. He Well, look, look. He's not a modern man, Will. He's not I, a modern man. It no. may be 60 million years BC, but he, no he's, he's 150 million years BC. I wish I knew all those Cretaceous periods, because I would <laughs> I would do a sick burn on which epoch he is from. <laughs> you did a little shuffle there when you said Cretaceous periods, I wish people could see. I'm glad that they can't. <laughs> I would have embarrassed it was, myself. It was a sassy little shuffle you did. I didn't mean to do a sassy little <laughs> shuffle. Uh, but yeah, I... Um, <laughs> how come you're stuck in the Triassic era, Earl? You go, girlfriend. Thank you. I can't pull that off. No, neither can I. Anyway, so... So yeah, she basically... Fran says, look, I've had a big day. There's an egg now on the she's side. She's saying, ask me about my day over and over. And he says... I don't care. Nothing in your day could be important to me. I don't care. What kind of language is that for a husband to his wife in the 90s, whether they're dinosaurs or not? Awful. It's Awful. outrageous. It's outrageous. And yes, the reveal is there's an egg on the side. Yep. So he's been gone for a day and she has laid an egg. I mean, how checked out is he that he didn't even notice that she was due to lay a pretty fucking big egg? Well, I... I don't think that that's supposed to be a thing. Right. She does not become pregnant with egg. Well, she has to lay that egg, though. She lays the egg. The egg doesn't grow after she's laid it. No, 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 I get that. But she... We're not meant to think that he hasn't noticed her pregnancy, because it doesn't seem like she knew either. Okay. Yeah, no, Do you know what right. I mean? Yeah, 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 you're right. So she hasn't been growing and growing and growing and go, oh, why won't my husband notice my massive inflated belly full of egg? <laughs> Right, she's just popped out an egg, and she's trying to get him to tell you know to to see it. Right, she's done an egg. Mm-hmm. He is a dick about it. Yep, doesn't want it. He says that Robbie and Charlene are fourteen and twelve. Fourteen and twelve. Yes, I would have put them as older than that. Wouldn't yeah, you? much older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not fourteen. Certainly not twelve. Not twelve. That's insane. No, that's crazy. Crazy talk. So he goes running off to the woods. To get away from that's it when he goes to the woods, yes. isn't it? And he meets Arthur Rizik. Right, this is disturbing again. <laughs> I don't like anything about this show. No. He get, meets a small creature. It turns out is his dinner, or was his dinner, I think. And basically, he's because his job is a tree pusher. Yes. So he pushed over this tree, uh, pushed over all the trees in the area, including the one which had Arthur Rizik's family in it. His family have vanished. He has no idea where they are. So he says to her, well, look, you might as well just eat me, because without my family, I am nothing. 
You know, there's nothing for me to live for without my family. This this little creature says, my tree got felled. I know the insurance won't cover that. Might as well eat me. <laughs> no, no, I've got nothing to live for. How disturbing is that? <laughs> Terribly disturbing. If I could have a conversation with my dinner, I don't think I'd eat it. No, no. This <laughs> still like this that made me think about becoming vegetarian. Because I think, if I think too long about the fact that my dinner was alive at one point, and walking around like a... No, I don't know if I feel entirely comfortable with that. Well, you don't You don't want to get the militant vegans on us. They'll be trying <laughs> to convert you all. But I think, yeah, it's in, it is interesting, like, uh, as a concept. Mm. Like, the idea of, you know, at what stage would you become disturbed with, uh, of the consciousness of your dinner? Yeah. There's a there's a bit in um, Douglas Adams' writings in one of the Hitchhiker's Guide books, I think it's Restaurant at the End of the Universe, where there's, like, a cow that's been bred to be eaten yes so he, he wants to be eaten, he, so he comes on he's like would you like a bit of my rump uh, the flank's particularly good uh, what do you feel like and i think i i'm sure it's arthur Dent. he's like well no i can't eat you because you, you want to be eaten i don't like it and he's like so you, you'd rather eat something that doesn't want to be eaten <laughs> and it's a great it's a great little model of yeah, like how yeah. we think about things you know yeah yeah, yeah absolutely but I, that's the thing i think you know, more think about it yeah if 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 i like had a chicken that came along and wanted to be eaten, I think I'd be more comfortable with that. If it was a chicken that, like, like the cow from Hitchhiker, from Restaurant at the End of the Universe, mm-hmm. I'd be more on board with that. You want you want to eat a happy chicken? I want, no, I want, I want Stop a, it a happy chicken that wants to be eaten, rather than a depressed chicken that wants to die. You know? Do you get me? I don't uh, even know what I'm saying. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> I don't know. You want something that's been enjoying its life, you want to end that. So that you can eat it. No, 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 no. I want it to want to end its... Want to, to be eaten. I think... I, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. If I'm eating an animal, mm-hmm. I'd want it to have no wants. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's my ideal level of animal. Yeah, that's that's much better. Yeah. Mm, okay. Um, I'm just saying, I wouldn't be happy eating a depressed chicken. <laughs> what, what show did we watch? <laughs> Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Anyway. So... He has a conversation with his dinner, mm-hmm. and he ends up he can't eat him. No, nope. despite sort of leering over him with this creepy mouth, like I mentioned. Yeah, he decides he won't eat him, and he lets him go. Yes, and then Fran, Fran lures him back. Lures him back with the plate of her mastodon surprise on her. And trolley. there's no real love there. There's no real. Oh, I'm so glad you're back. We see them holding hands, but I'm like, no. You know no, what? It's all a not, sham. It's a sham marriage. <laughs> it's a sham. It's not enough for me. So they get back and the baby hatches. No, it, can I just say? Sorry, yeah, go for it. I need to mention Earl's speech when he comes back because he says, now I realise what's special about being the head of the household. Uh, and basically he says, I learned as long as you have a family to come home to, they are lower than you. Yeah, which is not, not the message you should be picking up. What Earl. a moral. What a moral for this episode to have. That... that <laughs> The, the, he's the head of his household. Again, a concept I don't love. And so he, he can be happy. Because, because he has subordinates. Because he has subordinates. The rest of his family, they're even worse than him. Yeah. At least he's, he's got them to order about and, and be, you know, lower than he is. I mean, I know it's a, an attempt at a joke, but what a misfire. It does misfire. There's no humour to that. This is one of those shows that it wouldn't help, but this is a show that feels like it is desperately missing a laugh track. Oh, do you think? I think it, it feels like there should be. It feels like they cut it out because it just didn't sound right, and now it just feels like none. This just awful. This is a show that's like feels like it's been written to have a laugh track accompanying it, 
and it's mm. not there. Like Big Bang Theory, you know, it has to have a laugh track. If you take a big, if you take a laugh track off Big Bang Theory, there's literally no one laughing. Oh, at it. if you've watched Big Bang Theory recently, you know that nobody's laughing anyway. Yeah. No, I feel like if you watch anything that you've previously seen with a laugh track. When you see it without, it's creepy. Yeah. It's like it's it's echoey and, and cold. Well, it's like there's one series of Red Dwarf on Netflix. Yes. That's, that, ha- that the laugh track's missing from, and there's bits yeah. of there's different scenes in there. And it's really weird. It's mm. really weird to watch it back, and they're not being laugh It's track. disconcerting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know there's a whole thing of, like, you know, you know Lister and Rimmer and Cat in space on their own. But yeah. when they're really on their own and so laugh track, it's bleak. It is bleak, isn't it? Too bleak. Too bleak. Yeah. Now, um, so the end of this episode, it ends with the baby being born. Oh. And we've already seen the baby because Earl was telling the story to him. But then as soon as he is out of the egg, he can talk. Yes. And he talks a lot. Yes, he throws out all those catchphrases. Who's the mama? Where's the mama? Yeah. Brand new, just out. Gotta love me, gotta love me. Gotta love me. I hate it! I hate it! It's awful. It's awful. It's terrible. I don't like the baby. No, don't like the baby at all. No. No. Don't nothing to like about this baby. And and then you get this really weird shot of like I think they're talking about like like Earl's talking about you know dinosaurs and like well you know the top of the food chain and everything else looks out the window and sees two cavemen one of them is shaving a bit of stone he holds it up and it's a wheel yeah smashes it over his head and is left with a hula hoop yes and starts trying to hula hoop with it and there's some quip about oh we're going to be in charge of the planet for a long time so don't worry (sighs) I'm not laughing no I didn't laugh once in all of this. No, I didn't either. It's and not... I actually, I just, I just hated the characters. <laughs> that that was only the first episode, though. Yeah. The second episode you chose specifically, I am assuming. Yes, I did. I did because I mean there were many contenders because this this show, like a lot of kids TV shows, particularly in the nineties, dealt with a lot of themes. There's episodes around uh, vegetarianism. There's episodes around religion, around homosexuality. There's one around masturbation. Why, why, why didn't we watch that one? Because uh, <laughs> we watched this one. Okay. Right. There's one around sexual harassment in the workplace. I'm glad we did um, that one. There is, genuinely, there's one about religion where they all subscribe to potatoism, which sounds like my kind of religion. Yeah, I was uh, going to say, I'm on board. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> But this one we watched is from series two. It's episode seventeen. It's a new leaf. Yes. Now this is. I mean, if you couldn't guess from the title, okay. This is a drugs episode. It's the anti-drugs. It's the just say no episode. It is the just say no episode, and I mean, what an episode! I do you, now. What I'll say just before we we talk about it, because I don't know if anybody will have remembered this specific one, is I think this is a misfire on every single stage. Yes. Because what you don't want to do with an anti-drugs episode is make the drugs look great. <laughs> yes, absolutely. The drugs in this episode look so fun, <laughs> I found myself thinking, I would try that. Yeah. I'll have a go at that. <laughs> because it's, it's it centres around Robbie, I guess. Yes. So Robbie's the teenage son. No, he isn't. Yes, he is. Yes, 14. He is. He's 14. Just. Yeah. Um, just the teenage and he's, son. He, oh, he's getting into a row with his dad because he just wants to like grow out his hair long and his dad's such a square that he can't handle it, man. Yeah, but the thing is with this, right, it's not 
his hair because these are like clearly fleshy spikes coming out. Yeah. Him, and his dad's coming with a pair of scissors wanting to cut them. It's, of course, Robbie's saying no. <laughs> it's disturbing, isn't That's it? That's like someone coming up to you and saying, hey, your ears are getting too long, son. I'm going to lop a bit off. No. It's absolutely like that. And I think even a child watching would go, that doesn't seem like hair. I don't think you should be cutting that. No, not <laughs> at all. Not at all. So, yeah. Robbie... So, obviously, he objects to those being cut. And he, they have this like great argument of, I didn't ask to get hatched. And into he's his family. Into his family. And so um, he storms out and Earl's uh, like, you know, go on, get out. Wait, don't you walk away from me. So it's like silly, silly, like, you know, dad-son argument. Yeah. And Robbie... Meets up with his best friend. Oh, the friend. Do you know what the friend is called? The friend's called Spike. Spike. Yes. And he calls Robbie Scooter. For no reason whatsoever. Just a cool nickname. Yep, just a cool nickname for, for a dinosaur. Spike says, you let him clip your spikes, who knows what he'll want to clip next. Your balls. I, I don't know. Why did you I, say that? I don't that's, know. That, seems is like in, that is not in the episode. Okay, no, it just <laughs> seems like that would be next <laughs> logical you, progression. What would you say Spike is? Spike, I don't know. He is another kind of dinosaur, but he's also kind of like... I don't know. He's got like a bandana and a leather jacket and a hunchback and... It's the hunchback that that uh, I'm curious about. Yeah. He looks kind of like... Um, a reptilian vulture. I was going to say Gary Oldman in Lost in Space. Crossed with a reptilian vulture. Okay. So we'll take those two there. But he does really look like Gary Oldman in Lost in Space. <laughs> And they, they're, so they're in the woods and they're like, oh, we're just, you know, we've got everything we need here, man. We've got food. They're, they're back to this, we'll just live in the woods thing. Yeah, yeah. Which is like apparently a, a thing that these dinosaurs think. That's part of their society is that if you get annoyed with anyone, you just go back to living in the woods. I'm going to put it out there, right? You cannot build a society on the notion that if anything gets tough, we'll go and live in the woods, right? But anyway, Robbie and Spike have run off into the woods. And they yeah, they try and catch some food, the food runs off, so they're like, Oh, well, let's have a salad. So they sure. spot these these plants growing over there and they eat them and they end up deliriously happy. Because oh. they've eaten these leaves. Yes, leaves that make you very happy. <laughs> yes. It's 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 wonderful. And and Robbie is so happy he decides he's gonna go home and share it with his dad because he loves his dad so much. Well they do a big you know, I love my dad. I love everyone's dad. I even love saying dad. <laughs> and it, I have to be honest, it is the kind of inane talk you get from people who are... Off their tits. Off their tits? Yes, absolutely. Off their dinosaur tits. So this is a very weird thing, though, because he goes home, he makes up with his dad, goes to share it with him, and his dad says, plants don't make you happy. And then they have a very weird song and dance number. It cuts to a musical number. It does cut to where they're both dancing, they're singing Most Unusual Day... Yeah. It's very strange. And I think Robbie says, I can't believe we've never danced together. What? what? Why would you have danced together? Not a normal thing for a son and father. Not an especially, always a, especially dinosaur son and father. Dinosaur son and fathers don't, you know, habitually dance together. No. I d- I, I, yeah. I mean, obviously they wanted to do the the fact that they were high in a quirky way. And the way that they thought of was a musical number, but... Guess what? It has no heart, and I don't like it. I mean, I, I, I've not led the wildest life up to this point, Liz, but I'm okay. not aware of any drug that makes you want to carry out a choreographed song and dance number with your father. 
Um, well, excluding the father part, I'll have to say it's alcohol for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know I get very musically when it when I've had alcohol. I do. I do know this. I like to sing a show tune. A specific one as well. No, there's a few I do. There's, there's, there's one which is chief amongst your drunken repertoire. Is there? What's that? Yeah, that's There's No Business Like Show Business. Oh, well, there is no business like show I business. I know, I know, but you love to do the Ethel Merman impression. <laughs> I love to do an Ethel Merman impression any chance I get. Yep. I mean, this is building up, though, to the worst advert for drugs ever, right? Right. This is a terrible advert for drugs because just none of this makes any sense. None of this makes... I mean, this is meant to be a thing about weed. I don't don't know anyone who on weed has gone, I have buckets of energy now. No, that's true. That, I think that's why I thought it seemed so fun, because they were just having such a whale of a time oh, doing the musical. They, they, this is great. This is like a combination of, of weed and speed. This is, you know, this is giving them, they're giving them nice and relaxed and chill and full of love, at the same time they've got energy galore and focus enough to do a choreographed dance number. I mean, isn't that what we all want? Really, yeah. This is... <laughs> I certainly would pay good money for that. Um yeah, there's... Um, and they give some to Charlene as well. Well, this is the thing. I was going to say, this is a different approach to a drugs episode. Yes. Because usually it'll be the teenager, you know, is given it by a friend or whatever, and then the parents are horrified and say, you can't do that. But in this, none of them know what drugs are. No. So Robbie starts it, gets his dad hooked, then they get Charlene on it. Oh, Charlene, yeah. who's 12. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. They, they, even, they then cut to a scene with the, where the baby is being looked after. I thought the baby was going to be on the drugs, but that didn't happen. The baby never inhales, and the the <laughs> mum doesn't try them. No, but this is the thing. Because she can't catch a break, that woman. She cannot. She cannot. Well, she is holding this thing together. Yeah, and, you yeah. Know, but this, there's a bit where basically she comes back with the baby and sees them all laying about, and she goes, what are you all doing here? You should be in school at Earl. You should be at work. Yeah. And Earl gets up and she convinces him to go to work. And he stops and starts laughing. And it's just an amazing moment where... This was quite a good line. She goes, what's so funny? He goes, I just realised I don't wear any pants. That, which is... which is that um, almost the, made the, me laugh. Yeah, that's that's the closest I came to laughing. Yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. is the best line in the two episodes we watched. I did also like... Um, I think he goes to work and he's still high and he's really enjoying himself. And so he says, this is the happiest moment of my life. No, wait, this is. No, wait, this is. <laughs> and I, I did enjoy that. It reminded me a little bit of Alec Baldwin when he's in Friends. Yes. Do you remember? He plays a character, I think he's called Parker. Yes. Who dates Phoebe. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's excited by everything. Everything is joyous. And he's like, I want to take a, a mental picture of your click. It, it, his, that's what Earl is like on drugs. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's Earl on drugs. He's like, Ali Baldwin in Friends. This is the happiest moment of my life. No, wait, this is. No, wait, this is. <laughs> so, yeah, he goes to work. He hands out the happy plants to all his co-workers. All his colleagues get it. He goes to give it to BP Richfield and Richfield fires him. And he's like, oh, I'm so happy because I, I've escaped the drudgery of work. Yeah. I don't have to go to work anymore. Great. I can just go and eat more happy plant. Yeah, I'll just eat happy plant. And, of course, they're just finding this plant in the woods so they don't have to pay for it. So, yeah, exactly. Everything's win, good. Win, win, win. This is this are free drugs. Free drugs for everyone. <laughs> There's never in this episode a concern about the drugs running out. Nope. Or anybody trying to monetize the drugs. Nope. 
It's just dinosaurs enjoying drugs. Dinosaurs enjoying recreational drugs that grow in nature. Apart from this miserable old cow. Yeah. The wife, the the bloody old, you know, ball and chain at home. She can't, she doesn't know a good thing when she sees one. She's harping on about there's no food. You've eaten all the food. I mean, it, it's amazing because you basically, Elle gets fired, goes home. You get back there ignoring the baby. Robbie's starting to get paranoid about them being watched on TV. Earl oh. is staring at his hands. Oh, that bit. Robbie being paranoid. He says, do, do you guys ever think we're being watched? And then they like cut to all the different cameras. And he's like, there and there. Like, what are you doing, come guys? Come on, come on. And if they stopped watching, we'd cease to exist. Yeah, Charlene's oh. that. Oh. Oh. oh, such a cliche. Oh. Oh god! And but Earl, again, else is a great thing which I really like. Just why is our numerical system based on ten when we only have eight fingers? Which is just too self-aware. Again, it's, it's too self-aware. It's like the breaking the fourth. It's just no, stop, stop! You're not fooling anyone. I just oh yeah, I didn't like it. Oh, and then they and they basically go. This yeah, Fran goes. Our family is coming apart and this happy plant is to blame. And then you get them, they've eaten all the food in the kitchen because they've all got the munchies. Yep. Run out, they've run out of cash because they've basically, because Earl's quit and well, he spent three days just going to the end of the driveway. She doesn't realise that he's lost his job. And he says, well, I spent, you know, a couple of days at the end of the drive and then that wasn't fulfilling anymore. So, you know, he's just been, he's just been he went, wandering. He goes to school. He's, he's gone back to school, but he had to go back to... He got put back to junior school, so he's... Whatever. Oh, it's just ridiculous. Whatever. So, so she forces him back to work. Yeah. She's like, finally, you'll go back to a normal, healthy working environment. Yes. Cut to, of course, all the dinosaurs that he gave the drugs to there have made bracelets and headbands out of the leaves yeah. and are wandering around you know naked apart from leaves yeah and they're all happy. forgetful one of them is super paranoid hippies yeah one of them's paranoid but the rest of them are just, just having a great time yeah singing and larking about and then she says obviously you've got to go and see the boss yeah go, go and see bp richfield bp richfield who steals the show he does again again right and i don't begrudge him it at all because when you see his like beaten up old trailer and now it is covered in graffiti and cnd like logos and everything yep. else and you get in the hood and he's singing purple haze yes. and wearing tie-dye clothes i'm 100 percent on board they 100 percent they on have board. decorated that dinosaur so he has like flowers in between all the horns he looks great and yeah he's just just tappy singing and oh he's playing air guitar he's having a great old time and he's like hey you know oh it's just it's fine you know can you dig it can you dig it he says that (laughs) he says you know it'd be great because you know you know you can come back you'll be my assistant we'll just get paid to do nothing then he gets fired and just goes bummer yeah. Oh God, this thing you is so bad. You got the dime, I got the time. He says that. Oh, it's so bad. And again, he's the only good thing in this for me is BB Richfield because he's, he's an incredibly amazing puppet. You know, he's great characterization. He's just fun to watch. So then, you know, they they get back home and you know they're all coming down. There's nothing left but seeds and stems, which is like one of the most overt references to weed in this thing. Yeah, when they're looking around and all they can find is stems, and it's like, oh man, where's a 
Where's our plant? All we can find is stems. It's like it. I don't know. It, I felt like there was like empty beer cans everywhere. Yeah. Even though yeah, there, there were, there were all empty pizza boxes on the floor. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and oh my god, Fran comes back and says, "I'm leaving. I'm taking the baby with me until you all shape up." And the baby hits her with a frying pan and goes, "This is your brain. This is your brain on the plant," which is like that old American drug. This advert. is your brain on drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like yeah. The egg and you know, oh. Earl then gets the shakes. Earl starts getting the shakes, which yeah. is insane to me. Why have you... Oh. Well, it, they, uh, this is the thing. It's like the drug references are are very overt in that way, but they never actually say the word drugs during the, the show. Nope. And they never mention any real names of drugs. They never... You know, it's not, it's not, it's not related to the real world in any way, but then you've got... A paranoid character and a shaky character. It's very weird. Yeah. And it just makes... I don't know. It just makes all those things that are related to real-world drugs into a kind of kooky plot point for this episode. Well, this is the thing. And it, I, I, it's just... Yeah, it just doesn't work on that point. Right. Look, so, can we talk about the end? Yeah. Okay. Because... What's her name? Fran is the, the, the missus, the nagging old wife. She goes... And they go into the woods to look for some more. There's a desperate some more, and they find they find one bush with spike in it. And they're like, "You've been here for a whole week." And he's like, "It's been a week." And he's just lying in the dirt. Yeah. And then they go, "Oh, maybe it's too much." They go, "We should destroy it." And Earl says, "No, we can't destroy it for two reasons. One, it could cause a forest fire. Right. And two, if we just if we just destroy it, we will never know if we can reject it ourselves." We need to... Ha- it has to stay, and we have to fight the temptation. Yeah. That's that's the way we know we'll So that's it. what he says. I found that a weird point, but that's Very what he point. says. Because then they burn it anyway. Well, I found it weird before that. Yep. But when they burn it anyway, I found it doubly weird. That was super what weird. That, what was that point of I, that? I, there's one thing he says, which is just... For me, is just the most... Like, made me so angry right, okay. in this. Because the whole point about drug episodes in like kids tv right is that it shows you this thing and basically you as the viewer as the child come to the conclusion yourself that it's not worth it right, right. that the downside doesn't the benefits you know don't outweigh the downsides right mm. and there is a line here and i can't remember who says it that says maybe throwing our lives away for a cheap high has a downside they also said, no more plant, no more throwing our lives away. Oh, God. It's like, what are you talking about? What, what are you talking about? Plant doesn't exist. Yes. Are you talking about Are you talking about the Mary Jane? <laughs> is that what this episode is about? No oh. more throwing our lives away, man. Oh, but, God. But then, so they've done this drugs episode, okay? Yep. And it's like, I don't know what caused them to do it. I, I don't know what they thought they were achieving, okay? But then they tack on this bit that really gets me confused. Oh, angers okay? me. So they go, cut. Yeah. And we swing away and we see a dinosaur operating a camera or whatever. And then Robbie says, hi, I'm Robert Sinclair. You know me better as Robbie from the show. Oh. <laughs> I'm so angry. And he does this little bit where he says... Um, Oh, I see folks, uh, drugs ruin their lives. And uh, you know what else? It leads to anti-drug sitcom episodes like this. Yeah, he says drugs are a blind society and they lead to preachy sitcom endings. Yeah, help put a stop to these preachy sitcoms. 
it's up to you to make a difference. So they, they've done this whole episode, right? Yeah. Which is like, if you did it because you think that anti-drugs is such an important message that you you have to do it and you think you've done the best you can, putting this really insincere garbage message on the end kind of undoes that. So was the entire episode like some studio executive or whatever has gone to them and said, you need to do an anti-drugs episode because we need, you, you know, uh, part of your budget is coming from, like, some kind of social programme. So you have, to, you have to do this. So just do it. And I don't want to hear any moaning about it. And so they did it, but they didn't take it seriously. And so that's why the episode, you know, doesn't take seriously the message of not doing drugs. And then sticks on a, a message at the end that says, literally, we don't care about drugs. All we care is about taking the piss out of uh, these type of episodes. I think it's the latter, and I'll tell you for why. Okay. Because, again, in the research I did, I found that basically they said they were given such autonomy because the ratings were so high. Right. Basically, they could do whatever they wanted, which is why they've got all these episodes about masturbation, which normally be like a massive no-no for network, things like that. So, for one, I think... There was no one forcing their hand to do a drug awareness episode, and two, I think the end. This PS, this public service announcement at the end is a massive fuck you to anti-drug stuff, and I think that is purely because, in all likelihood, the person who came up with an idea of a family of dinosaurs walking around like it's the 1950s was off their ass. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's what it is. It almost makes me respect them a little bit more that they managed to do. A pro-drugs episode because they pretended it was an anti-drugs episode. Yes. It almost makes me respect them. But not much because I hated the show so much. Yeah. Well, there we are. So, Liz, dinosaurs, how do you like me now? I'm just going to say, I kind of wish this didn't exist. I wish I'd never had to see that baby. Yes. The little fat baby in his little egg with his yellow top on and his pudgy arms and his horrible, horrible oh. catchphrases. Oh, ah! And I don't like this this sitcom, the, this this program's heart. It's got no real, like, I don't know, hook, no real joy in it to keep me watching. Mm. I, on, It honestly feels like some kind of... You know, subliminal programming that we we all watch dinosaurs, but we don't know why. Yeah. Like somehow they got into our brains and told us we had to watch it, and but nobody knows why. It's yeah. not a good show. I don't like it. I no. don't think it's a good show. It's not a good show. It's not a good show at all. I think that the only saving grace from this is BP Richfield. If I could take BP Richfield out. And transplant him into a little thing of his own. Yeah. Like, I'd happily watch, like, five-minute videos of him just ranting about things. I don't even think he's that good. He's the best thing in this, but Mm. only because everything else I hate. I'm sure there are people that like it, but I'm not sure that anybody will ever be able to explain it to me. No, I don't think anyone will ever admit to liking it. I've met no one who liked the show in my life. I've not known anyone I've thought of, they're a big fan of dinosaurs. Mm. They really like the baby, never understood why. No, I know of no one. I don't know whether this is just whether it's an American thing. Americans loved it, you know, or if it's the thing. One of the things just didn't cross over the pond. But I don't know. I just no, 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 no. Didn't you pick this? I did pick this. <laughs> I'm regretting it. 
Well, there we are. Liz, thank you for joining me. Thank you. And thank you for listening, and we will be back soon. If you like grainy, out-of-focus shots of the type of stuff we watch, follow us on Insta at HowDoYouLikeMe. And if you want even more piss-poor attempts at engagement, try out our Twitter at HDYLMN1. It's like a postcode, but longer and harder to remember. And if you're a fan of the show, remember to rate, like, share, subscribe, whatever. And if you didn't like the show, come find me on social media, you coward! This is a Standard Nerds podcast.